Hello, I'm Jim and this is On The Left Side, the funny football show. If you like what you hear on this show, then you can give us a hand by rating and reviewing us wherever you find your podcasts. Positive, of course. Do that and we'll keep this stuff coming. On The Left Side, the funny football show. Stop, stop. Theme tune off. For this, we need something much, much sadder. That's better. Because this story is sadder than Jose Mourinho welling up when he talked about how much he missed football. I was just, I was just enjoying and now I stop and instead of enjoy it, I miss it. Bless. This week, 134 years of footballing history were wiped out as Bury FC went into liquidation and were kicked out of the Football League after failing to find a new owner. It was a terrible moment, not just for football fans and players, but for the businesses and the community that had Bury Football Club at its very core. You can't have missed this story. It was all over the news and it was obviously handled in the sensitive manner that it truly deserved by everyone involved. Everyone, that is, except Sky Sports. A lot of people complained on Twitter about Sky Sports News featuring a countdown clock to the 5pm deadline imposed on Bury. Many thought it was ill-judged given the seriousness of the situation and with emotions running so high. You see, once Sky Sports got wind that there was a 5pm deadline for the Shakers to find a new buyer or be wound up, they reacted in the only way they can when they hear the term deadline. They stuck Jim White in front of a massive clock, slowly counting down to that very moment that football itself lost a little bit of history, fans lost their club and real people lost their life-supporting jobs. It was pitched somewhere between the close of the transfer window and the Hunger Games. Grim as fuck. It's very easy to get angry at Sky Sports for their footballing death clock, as I have just proved. But the real anger should be directed towards the club's owner, Steve Dale, and the Football League itself, who allowed him to take charge of the club in the first place. There's this thing in football that I'm sure you know about. It's called the fit and proper test. It's how the Football League decides if a potential new owner should be allowed to become the custodian of a football club. It's a great idea, but after this week's disasters involving Bury and Bolton, I'm curious as to what exactly that test involves. Out of the 51 businesses that Berry owner Steve Dale has been associated with, 43 of them have gone into liquidation. That's more liquidations than a fad diet found with a new blender two weeks before a trip to Marbella. As long as he stayed off the carbs, because it's no carbs for Marbs, isn't it? <laughs> I think, so they say. Nick Leeson's got a better reputation in the business world. So... What exactly does the test involve? So, I understand you want to buy a football club. Do you know anything about the club you're buying? Uh, No. Okay, well, don't worry about that. Uh, do, Do you have any funds to support the team? No. Well, I'm sure we can come to some kind of arrangement there. Uh, Okay, finally, could you just write your name in this box? That's close enough. You're in. Now, the really funny thing is that first question, the one about knowing the club or understanding the history and appreciating what exactly it is you're getting involved with, is quite close to the truth itself. Check out this interview with Steve Dale from BBC Five Live. 
I never went to Bury. It's not a place I frequented. So, you know, for me to walk away from Bury and never go back is, is a very easy thing to do. I didn't even know there was a football team called Bury, to be honest with you. Well, he seems like the perfect candidate to take over one of the founders of the Football League, doesn't he? 134 years of history wiped out by a man who, for 133 and a half of those years, didn't even know the football club existed. Amazing. At the other end of the financial scale of football, we saw all the glitz and glamour this week of the annual UEFA Awards, where Europe's governing body hands out big shiny trophies and sips even bigger glasses of champagne, the cost of which probably could have kept Berry going for a decade. It was the usual affair, footballers picking up awards and making bland statements about how proud they are and how it's really a team award and then they sit back down and enjoy their evening. Great. I say most people because this year, Eric Cantona was presented with the UEFA President's Award. And, as you know, Eric Cantona is not most people. He gave an acceptance speech that was on a par with his famous seagulls slash trawlers analogy from back in the day. Uh, as flies to wanton boys, we are for the gods. They kill us for the sport. Soon the science will not only be able to slow down the aging of the cells. Soon the science will be, will fix the cells to the state. And so we will become eternal. Only accidents, crimes, wars will still kill us. But unfortunately, crimes and wars will multiply. I love football. Thank you. I can't even begin to work out what it is he's trying to say there. I think the audience would have been less shocked if he'd got on stage and done that egg trick from a few months back. Remember that? If not, Google it. Turn safe search off. It's like someone accidentally put the script for the new Terminator film up on the autocue but only notices it's the wrong script at the very last moment. Crimes and wars will multiply. Oh, shit! I love football. Undoubtedly, it is the mother of all acceptance speeches. The footballing highlight of the evening, however, was the draw for the group stages of the Champions League, where Europe's elites would find out who they'd be paired with in the group stages, or as it's otherwise known, the procession to the knockout stages, which helps ensure UEFA keeps the big boys in and maintains that lovely TV and sponsor money. They just love modern football. Liverpool have a tricky trip to Napoli, Spurs will face German giants Bayern Munich and Chelsea have a tough group with Ajax and Valencia, whilst Manchester City have some travelling to do, away to teams like Red Star Belgrade, who you might have thought were one of the biggest teams in Eastern Europe. But, according to Stephen Warnock, you would be very wrong. Red Star Belgrade. Um, the part-timers as well. And you think that they beat the European champions Are they last part-timers? year. part-timers? Yeah. So you've got a lot of guys who were, I think there was plumbers playing last yeah. year and things yeah. like that. Brilliant. Just because they're from somewhere that sounds a bit foreign, they must be all a bunch of farmers. To be honest, I'd be careful if I were Stevie. Looking at some of the double R bastards that Red Star have churned out in the past, players like Nemanja Vidic, I'd be careful calling them anything apart from Sir. To be fair, the amount that plumbers earn for your average job, you wouldn't blame a fair few professional footballers from bumping up their weekly wage with a bit of pipe fitting on the side. 
Warnock went on to blame his mistake for getting his information from a tweet he'd seen online that turned out to be complete bollocks, which I think we can all take caution from, but also all relate to. But be careful when you're reading stuff online. If you believe everything you see on the internet, you'll end up just doing something really stupid, like, I don't know, leaving the European Union with no suitable trade deal. Speaking of disturbing stuff uncovered online this week, did anyone see Benjamin Mendy's message of support to Manchester City ladies? The Blues head of social media, sorry, left back, posted a bizarre and disturbing message to his female colleagues this week ahead of their derby match against Manchester United ladies. Hello City girls, I hope you're the best for the game. You are the shark team too. Calm down, they're not going to shag you mate. Joke, joke, it's a joke. They might. The most alarming thing about that creepy video is the sound that apparently Mendy seems to think a shark makes. You are the shark team too. I knew he was injured. Didn't realise it was a brain injury. Maybe they teach different animal noises in France. Cows go moo, dogs go woof. Sharks go... Could have been a tiger shark, I guess. To be fair, it does make them sound slightly more intimidating. Suddenly, as well as being a fearsome sea predator, it also makes them sound like some kind of sex predator too. (sighs) Anyway, if City fans are feeling a little bit cocky right now about that Champions League draw that puts them in a favourable position, weird shark impressions aside, then let me give you one major cautionary note ahead of the tournament kicking off. Michael Owen has tips you to win the thing. So that's you really fucked. That's it for today's show. Thank you for listening. If you like what we do and you want more from us, then you really can help by giving us a rating or review on iTunes or CastBox or wherever it is you listen to your podcasts. It helps spread the word and helps us grow as well, which means we can carry on making this show for you for free. Much to the annoyance of our friends, family and anyone who takes football even remotely seriously. See you next time, and go Team Shark. On the Left Side is written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salverson. 